0: Hmm? Ah.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Rima And I'm Sean And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Stranger Things Today
2: we'll be covering the first episode from season three titled Chapter 1, Mrs. Wheeler. No, I'm just kidding. Chapter 1, Susie, do you copy?
1: But first, a word from this week's sponsor. Alright,
2: so Stranger Things is kicking off, but if you still, if you've already finished it or you're just kind of tagging along and you want to keep going, you can catch up on some of your favorite Stranger Things characters while season three is going on and out by diving into the official Stranger Things books. We have Stranger Things, Darkness on the Edge of Town by Adam Christopher follows Chief Jim Hopper as he reveals long-awaited secrets to Eleven about his old life as a police detective in New York City. Confronting his past before the events of Stranger Things. And we also have Stranger Things Runaway Max by New York Times bestselling author Brianna Yavanoff is the gripping emotional prequel to Stranger Things. This never before told backstory of Dig Dug maven Max Mayfield explores her past, the good and the bad, as well as how she came to find her newfound sense of home in Hawkins, Indiana. Stranger Things Darkness on the Edge of Town and Runaway Max are on sale now wherever books and audiobooks are sold.
1: Awesome. Go read something, folks. All right. Thanks, Sean. With that being said, I am so ready. I've been so ready for so long to start talking about the new season of this show. So with that being said, let's jump into our top five from Stranger Things. Um, I'll go ahead and start it off this week because I can't contain my excitement any longer. I'm just going to jump right in. I want to talk about our man, Steve. Um, You know, we gave this poor guy some shit the first episode yeah. steve the d is what
2: <laughs> if this is not a fall from glory i don't know what is
1: i know what's happening here he was steve the d in the first season he he, he mellowed out and he was like cool babysitter you know last um season and, and season two and now he's lost his mojo yeah working. he's
2: not working at like a tcbr like a tcbi or like a uh, baskin robbins this is no. like a Just a small, local, mall, pirate-themed ice cream shop.
1: Yeah, and the poor guy cannot score with the ladies at all him and nancy are no longer together and i mean it seemed like everybody was pretty much after this guy in high school right and Mm -hmm. he he swears it's it's the hat killing his hair vibes which yeah you know i'll say you could definitely tell a a, a change in his look when he took that hat off right i mean it was like oh there's our guy (laughs) um and hey that farrah fawcett hairspray didn't let him down Uh, His hair still was, you know, rocking pretty good. But, you know, I remember, you know, just from like not personal experience, but like whenever I was in high school, you know, there was always, you know, the hot guy or maybe there were a few hot guys or whatever in high school. And, and, you know, girls were just always following them around, always wanted their attention, was always hoping that they would get asked out by them. But as soon as they graduated – like if they, they were just kind of like dropped off the radar and like they weren't as cool anymore. There was always some new hot guy around the corner that was still in school, you know, and it seems like that's kind of what's happened to Steve a little bit is he's kind of, you know, lost his his edge a little bit. And it's like, where has the world gone when Steve can't score with the ladies? What are your thoughts <laughs> on Steve? I know you always had a lot of thoughts about Steve, so i want to hear what you have to say.
2: Well, he's definitely the character that kind of like – My hatred now is for Billy. Like, Billy's the tool bag that, like, I can't stand. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know if he actually works out. He just looks that good all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. it's that kind of guy. He's young. that's the guy, too, that when he hits 30, he's going to have a beer gut. He's going to be living in, like, rough part of. Yeah, bald. But Steve the D, you know, he burned bright in high school.
0: Mm-hmm. The things that
2: worked in high school don't work anymore. And it's just that kind of immature phase because this, this is the the summer after he graduates. So it's still pretty much like right on the high school cusp. Yep. But I know it's – they always talk about like totem pole type stuff like when you're growing up. Like when you're a freshman in high school, you're at the very bottom. You get to mm-hmm. that senior level and you're like, oh, yeah, this is the best time of our lives. And you start yeah. college or things like that. And you realize pretty quickly, it's like you're, you still are just like dog crap in the world, you know, when you're a <laughs> yes. freshman in college and high school. And so it's, it's sad to see. I think there's going to be something between him and his coworker. Like it seems like she's kind of mm, going to yeah. give him the attitude that he probably enjoys a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I see, I see Steve being that guy. Like he wants a girl that kind of puts him in his place. Yeah. But it was definitely kind of sad. We didn't get a whole lot from Steve in this, just the fact that, You know, he let the let his friends, the kids, you know, sneak through and go back to sneak into the movie uh, and then seeing his very big fall from grace, which was tied pretty closely to, you know, Billy strutting it across for the uh, the Hawkins milfs strutting it for (laughs) them.
1: Yeah. And I like that, too. I think you're right. I think, you know, I'm not much of a shipper. I don't really care that much about relationships when I'm watching these shows. Um, You know, I don't worry about who's going to hook up or who's not or I don't you know, wish for any of that. I'm just kind of like, let's just write it out. And if relationships happen, then fine. Um, But I I could totally see, you know, those two kind of hooking up eventually or else becoming a little bit more than just coworkers. Maybe she definitely seems like someone who isn't going to fall for Steve's, you know, good looks, his ego. And like you said, you know, put him in his place a little bit and kind of humble him out, which it seems like he's getting a little humbled out. It sounds like he couldn't get into college he couldn't even get into tech school and his dad apparently is like, well, you know, if, if you can't even get into school and do that with your life, you're going to have to go out and get a job. And so here he is, you know, at the ice cream shop. So he's definitely been humbled a bit. Um, so, yeah, poor Steve is not you know he's like you said he's fallen from grace a little bit but it was cute because then um uh, when the kids came in um you know and the whole your kids are here you know <laughs> we're still getting Steve the mom
0: yeah. slash babysitter Steve so that the was babysitter, fun yeah yeah
1: so that was still fun it's it's good to see that he still got you know a good relationship with the kids and um I'm hoping to see that you know kind of carry on because that's I hope that doesn't change because that was always fun throughout, you know, last season was seeing his relationship with the younger kids and kind of acting in that, you know, I know that everyone jokes about him being the mom or the babysitter, but kind of like that big brother role, especially for Dustin, right? Um, You know, since Dustin didn't have a dad or whatever, he kind of stepped in, in that role for him. So I hope that we do get more of that and I'm excited to see that and, um, and hopefully see Billy find the girl that suits him, not just any random mall girl.
2: Oh, you mean, uh, you mean uh, uh, Billy? Not yeah. You said, or Steve? You said uh, Billy. Did, did
1: I say Billy? Gosh, <clears throat> it's been a long day. I meant Steve. Yep, you're right. Anyway, that's my number five.
2: Like it. So my number five, kind of on the tail of that, but it's the puppy love that we're getting throughout this. So oh, boy. we see the first thing we get to see is Mike and Elle, you know, making out hardcore, making out like you do in junior high, right? Like when you figure out you can kiss with tongue, like that's all you want to do. <laughs> And it's one of those things when you grow up, it's really gross and you don't do it as much because I I think it's just because you can do it all the time. So, it, you know, it, it, you definitely see Hopper sitting there too, which I enjoyed. Kind of like the dad, you know, with the, you know, he knows what they're doing in there, they're making out, but the door has to be three inches.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Uh huh. And, but also we see a little bit of puppy love with Hopper and Joyce. Yeah. You know, there's the moment they're sitting there, oh yeah, talking about the kids and, you know, their hands touch for, and they're holding hands, almost holding hands mm-hmm. for a decent amount of time. They talk about hanging out again. Um, I, I think it might have been insinuation that those two hooked up behind someplace at some point. I'm not sure.
1: I bet they did in high school.
2: Yeah, because he kind of said something about going back behind something. I thought I I understood it. I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, we have Max and and her boyfriend uh, Lucas. You know, they're kind of the the odd <laughs> group. They're they're very much the you know, pre junior high couple,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: you know, it's the, the kids. It's like, Oh, well I have a girlfriend. It's like, well, do you even know what that means? It's like, yeah, we, we hold hands. Uh, whereas Elle and, and, uh, Mike are very much the ones that kind of run off and do their thing. Um, but it's 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 cool to see all these kids coming by, and we even get Dustin. Dustin has Susie apparently that he met over a summer vacation, and is trying to you know reach via his awesome new Oops. electronic system,
1: Cerebro. His <laughs> little take from X Men.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or
1: for X and Cerebro.
2: But it's really cool to kind of see all this. It was really a good introduction back to all the characters too, because it's been. I mean it's been a year and a half or 2 years since we've watched the show. Yes. But when you look at these characters it was about October November uh of just the previous year. So mm-hmm. we're roughly like what 9 months since the events yeah, from last season.
1: We have waited forever <laughs> for them. Yeah. It's been a short amount of time. Yeah.
2: But, but yeah, that's my number one is just kind of – it's a little bit of the introduction too, I guess, but just the puppy love that we're getting to see with all these characters.
1: Yeah, lots of different relationship dynamics in in this one, and it was you know kind of interesting, and and Mike and Elle with their relationship and young love and making out in her room while you've got love songs playing in the background. Because <laughs> like, you see that stuff in the movies, and you think, well, that's what we're kind of supposed to do or be like, right, is we're supposed to be all – smoochy and, and, you know, romantic like in the movie. So you play the music from the movies and then you make out to that to that music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was kind of the thing. So they have that going. Lucas and Max. I think they're really funny. It's like you said. They just, you know, were like, well, we like each other, so we should just be boyfriend and girlfriend. So they hold hands and they hang out with each other. But it's 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 funny how they've even at least released. Reached a relationship status where Lucas looks at her and he's like, "Is that a new zit?" And she's like, uh, yeah. "You know, <laughs> are you kidding?" And dunks his head back underwater. So it's fun that they've kind of reached that level. They kind of become like the old
2: married couple way too quick.
1: Yeah, they kind of surpassed all of that romantic, romantic, smoochy making out stuff. But um, I don't know. I, I it's weird to see Mike and Elle making out. Just because I think of all, I think of this group of kids when I look at. My daughter and her group of friends, you know, you Mm, you see them all at, you know, middle school age, you know, 11 and 12 and 13 years old. And and you see them go through high school and you see them growing up and you see all the things that they go through. And just a few weeks ago, one of my daughter's best friends in this core group of friends of hers just got married. Same age as my kid. Yeah, it's so weird. I'm just looking and I'm just like, that's not... Right. You're still this little kid that y'all played softball together. You know, you're just I just always see them as little, little kids. And that's how I see this the kids group in Stranger Things. I think of them as, you know, these little kids that we saw them and to see them grow up. It's like, wait a minute, weird. You're not you're not old enough to be smooching and making out in the bedroom yeah. yet. Um, so it's a little bit weird
2: from the previews and everything, because I didn't think they were kind of going to do like I know that like Elle and, and uh, Mike were together. But I assumed it was kind of like that, you know, like, oh, we're on the bus together kind of thing where you hold hands like it's the girlfriend on the bus that you might kiss on the cheek or whatever. But I mean, they were going at it. They were.
1: That was some heavy make out. I'm sorry. That was a little much. I thought. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's just the parent in me. (laughs) And I don't know
2: because from the previews, they still looked pretty young, at least the ones they showed. And maybe I just didn't catch enough of it because when they did that, uh, the video of, you know, catching you up from season one and two that they just recently recorded they they looked really old there because you may think like this was probably shot a year or so ago and when you're in that 14 15 16 age range like you like every year it feels like you look like 10 years older yeah at least from an adult perspective uh and so when I saw them like well they they actually kind of look a lot older than I was expecting mm-hmm. just from the previews anyway so it's just, it's it's interesting like you're saying like it's it's like watching, you know, a kid you knew, like when you're in, in your teens or late 20s and they're like born. You're like, oh, I remember when, you know, my aunt had, you know, Steve when he was, you know, he was one. Like, how's he 16 already? And it
0: just exactly. kind of blows your mind.
1: It is. And that's how I can't help thinking about these kids. But, you know, it, it's fine for other people's kids. But when you think of like either your own kids or, you know, kids that you've been close to that were like your, your own children running around your house. It's just like, wow, wait a minute, take a step back and just breathe. I totally felt Hopper, you know, um, oh, yeah. in, in that moment for sure. But, um, you know, although I am not opposed to a good makeout session, you <laughs> know, I, I I enjoy kissing and I like a good makeout session. So I'm not opposed, even though it's, it, it's, it's strange to look at these two kids that, you know, we see as young kids still, it's hard to think of them as growing up and this is like what Kids who are thirteen and fourteen do, um, it's you know that's weird. But I'm like, well, I'm not opposed to a good makeup session. <laughs> I'm not a prude by any means, but it's just um, it's, it's hard to see kids grow up, hard to see them. But that's good. I'm glad that you brought that up. Th- a lot of relationship things happening, um, and something's not happening. At least like with poor, poor will. So that's a good number five. Um, my number four. You mentioned him already. And I'm going to talk about it because it would be a disgrace not to talk about Billy um, in the context of making all the mamas in Hawkins <laughs> thirsty. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, Billy. Um, still driving the ladies wild and certainly carrying on that flirtation that we saw from last season. And it was in the finale um, where you know he had that flirtation with Mrs. Wheeler, Karen, uh, in her kitchen, and that was some hot stuff. I had forgotten how hot that was, <laughs> um, but I did rewatch the finale. I didn't have time to do a rewatch of season one and two, and I hate that, um, but I did— watch the finale, uh, before the new season was released. And, uh, that, that, that brought it on and it came back in full force, that conversation that they had where it was that whole, you know, context of swimming lessons.
0: Yeah, um, uh-huh.
1: oh my goodness. Um, that was an interesting conversation for sure. And I was like, what is Karen going to do? Um, I, yeah,
2: I kind of. So when that happened, I was expecting her to kind of like very much back down. This is actually my mm-hmm. number four too. Is just Mrs. Oh, Wheeler. Well let's,
1: let's talk about it.
2: So what I what I kind of see here is I, I figured this was because you know, there's innocent flirtation, which I think you know you kind of saw a little bit in season two, but because I mean again because he's like nineteen, twenty. You know, and she's probably in her what mid to late thirties, I would say, maybe mm-hmm. even in her forties. I think she I'm was young.
1: Sure. Nancy, I thought last season mentioned, you know, my mom was young, my dad was older and had money, so yeah. I think she was younger. Yeah.
2: And so you see, you see that flirtation. I'm expecting, like, okay, like he's he's getting he's like he's throwing it out there. He's like, I got I got <laughs> private lessons. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: I was like, all right, like that might be like treading on some thin ice. And then he's like, but the Motel Six, which is everywhere you want to go for private lessons, because they rent by the hour. Uh go to the Motel 6. He's like, they got a great pool there. And she seemed kind of flustered by it, but she didn't say no. And then we do get to see her sprucing herself up. And to me, I wonder if this is kind of a theme for what this season is, is people acting in ways that they normally wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So in last season, we saw Will kind of start acting like that. But like in this season, you know, when the kids go to see the movie, we see Day of the Dead, which is people become zombies. They become things that they and they act in ways they typically wouldn't yeah and so I feel like she's kind of doing the same thing it's almost like this thing is kind of starting to infest itself inside of Hawkins Mm -hmm. and spreading that out it could just be a horny old woman or older woman I don't know (laughs) but seeing that happen and seeing her get spruced up the the part that kind of you know we see fucking Ted I don't think we saw much of him last year no. But they shot this really well because as she's coming down the steps, she's like looking super fine. Mm-hmm. She's got her great 80s dress on. She's got her hair teased. She's got her makeup on. She's got her bra all the right places. I think that's what <laughs> ladies do. I don't know. You're paying you know, really
1: close attention there, Sean.
2: <laughs> I had to watch it two or three times. Uh, and as she walks down, you hear you hear Ted snoring. And to me, I'm like, this is this is what's going to push her over. She's going to walk down. She's looking super fine, yep. And she's going to see fucking Ted just laying there on the couch, bag of Doritos on his belly, snoring away.
0: Mm-hmm. But what she
2: sees is fucking Ted sleeping with her daughter, like you know, snuggling yep. on the, the bed, on the the recliner, and you know, kind of a very like almost like, oh, that's the reason I'm in love with Ted. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't we don't see if she leaves or not. Like I envision that she doesn't. Uh, but we'll find out, I guess, in episode two. But I thought that was really well done because I think, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of Ted, but it seems like he's probably an okay guy, maybe. Yeah. But it's kind of one of those things that like cheating on people like I think that's a very bad thing. So yeah, I, I kind of feel like even if you're tempted when you see something like that, you're like, oh, okay, that's that's why I'm here. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on all all, all that? How that played out?
1: well i I definitely understood the temptation. Um, it would be hard to resist someone like billy he 's a young very handsome fine looking guy. Everybody, and it's not just the moms, you know, Billy strutting himself, you know, across once he exits the locker area or wherever it is the lifeguards are coming out from, and he's going to his station, um, you know, all the girls are, you know, the young girls are checking him out too. So it's not just the moms. Everybody's after this guy. So it's certainly very flattering for him to pick you out, you know, and target you as someone that he would be interested in. And, you know, she's older. She's had a couple of kids. Um, she sees herself pretty just settled in life, but clearly she's wanting probably a little bit more. And I have to say it's, and, and and by no means am I saying any of this saying that it's okay for her to cheat or anything like that. I'm just saying that it's, it's easy to fall into that temptation if you're in a oh, yeah. relationship where, you know, it, it, it's clear Ted doesn't really seem to pay that much attention to her at all. Um, Nancy mentioned in last season when her and Jonathan were talking that she's like, I don't think my parents were ever in love. You know, it's just kind of this ideal that they were supposed to do. Like, her, you're supposed to get married. So my mom, you know, met my dad was older. He had money. It just seemed like, and they bought their house and settled in a cul de sac. You know, it didn't really sound like there was a whole lot of passion or love or anything in that relationship. So I'm not sure if she ever was or is really in love with Ted. However, does it really mean he deserves to be cheated on um, by any means? So I totally get where she feels very flattered. She feels enlightened. She feels this flush of excitement um that she's not quite getting at home and you know you see her take those rings off and you see her go down the steps and you're thinking oh shit she's really going to do it yeah you know and I thought oh how do I feel about this I was like I don't like Ted I think he's a you know a, um an empty-headed jerk I think he pays no attention to his kids that much. He's just kind of there, supporting his, which is not a bad thing. But he's just—he's not present. It feels. But then you do see him in that moment where he's crashed out with their youngest there in the recline, and you're like, oh, well, he might be not present. He might not pay a whole lot of attention to her, but he, you know, is there in that moment with his kid. And you know, I—I I bet like you, I think that she ended up staying home. I mean, we'll hopefully find out uh, for sure. But in
2: in that moment, you're like, way to go, Ted fucking ruined another
1: thing. (sighs) Fucking did it again. (laughs) Ted. Yeah. I, I can totally see from Karen's point of view. I don't think that it's okay or anything. I'm not giving her a pass, but I totally see how, you know, that would, that would certainly, um, make you think a little bit differently it would certainly be the highlight of your day i know and you know when i was in in a similar position if, if some younger cute guy you know kind of you know gave you a, a nice little look or gave you a compliment or something and you're kind of like woo, well that made my day you know it just kind of lifts you up it didn't go anywhere it didn't do anything after that but it was mm-hmm. kind of like oh well hey i still got it <laughs> you know and it just yeah, makes you see, feel good. I'm just used
2: to it because I'm like Billy. Every time I'm walking down, I'm getting oogled and ogled. So it's Sean, it's, it's, it's no thing for me. It
1: must be so hard for you.
2: <laughs> it is. I know. It <laughs> the, is the,
1: the struggle. Poor Tiffany has to yep. it, like keep all the girls off of you.
2: She won't let me walk by a construction site. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> the the cat, cat calls we get, I get. She says there. She gets offended by it. But I'm like, babe, it's it's for me.
1: Right. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's funny. I'm. I think I, I think we're on the same page with that. But um, had to talk about Billy. Um, you know he's yeah he's a bit of an asshole, but he's easy on the eyes. So <laughs> we'll leave it at that. So well, that was both of our number four. So did you want to talk? Did you have anything else for your number four? No, that, I, that pretty much
2: tidies up everything on number four. So what's your okay, number three?
1: Number three, I want to talk about Will a little bit. Um, my boy Will. This. I am really really hoping Will is not the whipping boy again this season. Yeah. Um I feel like that whatever it was that they did to get the mind flare out of his out of his control, whatever it was that was happening you know last season, um it feels like that that's not quite gone. He's still feeling You know, like a presence or something's happening. I feel that poor kid has been through enough. He's got to have like the worst PTSD like ever. Um, When you look at everything that's happened to him in season one and season two, I feel absolutely terrible for him because not only is he having these weird feelings, which he can't explain yet, they don't know anything's happening. And this is definitely typical of what we kind of get in Stranger Things before all the shit hits the fan. We see, you know, we get this introduction back to our crew. You know, we see all the kids, what's been going on through the summer, what's happened in, in Hawkins throughout the. Summer, Destin's been gone, and the kids are coming back together. Um, These relationships are forming. So many things are happening, and the kids are happy. They're having a good time. They're all together again. Um, And so they don't know anything terrible is happening yet, but Phil's, or Will is getting these, like, he's feeling these little tingles in the mm-hmm. back of his neck, so something's not quite right, and he can feel it, And he's but he's not quite sure what to make of it, and not only that, not only is he getting this thing, like, this feeling of, of something bad is happening, or something's kind of off again, like it used to be, now all of his friends are pairing off with girls.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> and he's, true.
1: Nobody can't even, like, Dustin said he'd play d d with him, but it, it was kind of like, a, almost like a pity thing or something, um, and I'm like poor will is getting stuck and it's so hard to see that one kid in a group you know everybody's pairing off and getting girlfriends and you know mike and Elle want to go and make out all day they want to spend all their time together well, um,
2: even in his own house you've got nancy and his brother yeah you know, that too yeah his his mom joyce is like i think it's my like my mother back in the day where it's like I don't understand why my parents let this happen. I had girlfriends that let this happen. Like, be like, oh, yeah, go ahead. You guys can stay the night. It's no big deal. And, like, sleep in the same bed and all that stuff. And, <gasps> in like, your room? As, yeah. And, like, you think, like, that's because I think with uh, Nancy and them, they think they're fooling Joyce. But Joyce knows what's going on. Like, she sneaks out the window, but she oh, knows. Oh, yeah,
1: Totally. I was like, why but, is Nancy even bothering to jump out the window and go to all that trouble? She could literally walk out the door because Joyce knows <laughs> yeah. she's there. Totally.
2: So it's it's kind of, I don't know, it's it's interesting because I know she says something about like, you know, Mike knows or, yeah, uh, Will knows and everything like that. And she kind of makes a point to be like, well, you know, when you fall in love, he's like, oh, I'm never going to fall in love. So I don't know. If that's a telling thing or if that's kind of like he just hasn't reached that maturity level yet or or what?
1: Right. I'm kind of seeing it just a little bit at that maturity level. He's just not quite there yet with his friends as far as getting into girls and liking the girls um, as much. So, I mean, I'm sure it will come later. Some people just kind of get there at different stages. So I'm sure he'll get there. But he's just not there yet uh, with with along with his friends. And that sucks, you know, like being the one left behind and everyone else is – you know, oh, let's do this or let's do that. Or they're, they're kind of moving on from playing the things, you know, like D and D or doing some same kids stuff, you know, and you're still kind of stuck behind. And I feel terrible for Will right now. And I'm just really hoping that he comes, you know, through this season and, and comes out on top. Again, there was a lot of foreshadowing here that really scared the hell hell out of me just in this one season or sorry, first episode. Of the season, so um, I don't know. I'm just I'm rooting for Will again, as always. So I'm hoping um, he's not the whipping boy. So that's that's my number three.
2: Like it. So my number three. It's probably pretty short and sweet, but I really like that Bob is very much still in the heart of Joyce. Yes. Um, we see uh, the touching moment of the superstar Bob or superhero Bob mm-hmm. picture that fell down, which we find out seems to be happening a lot. Uh, at the end of this episode, which yeah. is kind of eerie. Um you know when Joyce and Hopper are talking and again this has been like 9 months since he passed away so or was killed I guess tragically. Yeah. It's it's definitely come on the scenes like I can understand not being over him yet. Yeah, And, you know, Hopper and her are holding hands. It's like, yeah, it's just not going to happen. She's eating dinner by herself.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: she has that flashback to when she was sitting there watching it with him. Um, so I don't know if he's going to play a much bigger part or if it's just going to be kind of fan service for the first episode. But, yeah. you know, I hope they – because sometimes with shows, they, they definitely help people move, you know, past these things a lot quicker than I think you would. Because if Bob was truly her, like, love of her life kind of thing – yeah it's going to be tough to get over. And and I think you'd see that kind of be a reoccurring thing that, you know, there's going to be moments and things that remind you of him. That's going to make it hard to move on. So I really like that. They're kind of keeping that, um, theme in in this, at least the first episode, hopefully the season.
1: Yeah. I don't know if we'll see any more of that. Um, or any more flashbacks. That flashback was really nice. And I thought it was really nice to have Sean Astin, you know, come back for another scene, even if that's the only one that we get with him. It was you know, really nice and clearly, like you said, Joyce is still mourning. You know, for him, she hasn't quite moved on uh, from that um, because of of that tragedy when he was killed. Um, you know, last season, uh, which was still so sad. That was hard to watch um, that happen. And he was a really great character, and it's it's nice that they are still paying a homage to him and his character, um, and his spirit in the season. I don't again know how much they'll touch on that throughout the season or not since we're still in episode one but it was really nice I'm glad that they didn't just forget him and that he was remembered and it was in a really nice way that little flashback was really nice when they were you know and it was interesting that they're watching Cheers and you know I hope everyone has watched Cheers because it's a great show number one it was always one of my favorite shows growing up Uh, I always loved watching Cheers but they were watching a scene with you know kind of that dynamic of sam and diane and like should they or shouldn't they and should they get together and should they get back together or whatever and it was kind of interesting that that's the flashback that they have you know of her and bob watching that when we're also kind of having that same kind of thing happening between her and hopper um at least in this first episode and and i think kind of gonna we might see play out this season like will joyce and hopper ever get together uh, yeah, yeah. you know so it was kind of interesting that that was kind of where it was in in that scene of cheers that we watched as well because everybody knows how that whole thing played out between you know and then that back and forth with sam and diane all the time and um and of course all the other fun things too i love that damn show so much <laughs> no, no one better than woody harrelson right oh no, that yeah show? that's early woody too yeah so anyway i'm glad you brought that up because we had to talk about bob so That's a good one. And I lost my page. That's awesome. Do you have anything else on your number three?
2: Nope. That was my number three. All right. Uh, So what do you have for your number two?
1: (sighs) Number two. Well, we're going to talk about Hopper. Um, (laughs) I loved him so much. I don't think I'm ever probably going to have a bad thing to say about Hopper. I'm just, (laughs) I'm on that Hopper train and he can just do no wrong in my eyes. So, uh, I, I guess I challenge anyone to try to uh, argue with me on that one. Um, but he totally reacted exactly like I expected him to. And I loved it. I didn't care oh, yeah. when he's in the chair and he's watching Magnum P.I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just can't. and I'll try not to get off on a tangent because I'm sure I'll get into it. But all the 80s that they bring into this show just fires off all my synapses. They are checking off all my boxes for sure when it well, comes to all this 80s nostalgia for sure.
2: And I know David Harbor. He did the uh, Hellboy show, and he got like jacked for that movie. He looked a little fluffy in this episode.
1: Yeah, you know, <laughs> he was I'm, rocking
2: the dad bod.
1: He was rocking the dad bod again, like we see in in Hopper in other seasons. And I was curious because, man, I don't know if if y'all saw pictures of him when he was training for Hellboy. Damn. He got yeah. ripped. And I mean, he's not a young guy. It is hard for anyone over the age of 40 to get cut and ripped and built like he was. That is some strict. Uh, regimen going on there when you can do that so kudos to him for putting in the time and the discipline for training in Hellboy Um, and I was curious is he gonna like I don't know the timing of when they did Hellboy and when they were filming for Stranger Things so I'm wondering if he was ripped for Hellboy and then was like you know didn't want to stay cut and fit like that because we saw Hopper at the end like uh with the uh, oh shoot um dr owens uh, in the diner and he offered him part of his burger and he's like "No, nah, i'm on a diet and yeah, he ends yeah. up eating anyway so i was kind of thinking well is he gonna maybe that's gonna kind of lead into like oh look hopper came back fit and trim because he's yeah. he's on his diet but looks like that didn't didn't um carry carry out because we had the hopper dad bod back for sure but i don't care he had the stash he's got yeah. the 80 stash yeah. happening and that was totally awesome But I love that whole scene. He's watching Magnum P.I. Totally love that. It was another one of my favorite shows uh, growing up. Um, But it's interesting because he's not settling in very well into being the dad of a teenage daughter. Yeah. And I'm here for it, for sure. I mean, the poor guy, uh, that reaction of his when he's leaning way back in his chair and he sees just through the crack them making out, hey! (laughs) Three inches! I said three inches! (laughs) And I'm thinking three inches is that all because <laughs> back in my day the door had to be at least either all the way open or at least halfway open like that's practically shut i was shocked that they were allowed to you know just get by with that
2: um yeah but it just i slams I, it and then we jumps in they're just sitting like oh what we were just reading
1: like we, doing we were just reading our all. bible yeah right we're just sitting here we're bible study what's you know what's up um what would you need us for sorry did you say something yeah, every every scene with Hopper I just loved so much. I thought it was so hilarious that he didn't know what a heart to heart was. Oh, you know? yeah. And I
2: loved how he was talking to Joyce, like just the back and forth on that. I'll just um, kill
1: him. I'll just kill him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm the head of police here. I could do it. I could get away with it.
1: And well, yeah, he totally probably could get away with it um, because look at his deputies, Huey and Dewey. He could <laughs> wouldn't yeah, be too true, hard yeah. to cover cover that that disappearance up for sure. Um, but I loved all of that. I loved everything with Hopper. I loved all of his scenes. I thought his reactions were all appropriate. I love that he asked Joyce out. Like he just straight up. He didn't tiptoe around it. He just straight up. Hey, you want to get some dinner? You know, and asked her out and talking about how, like, they can go over all of, you know, what he he needs to say. Um, I just thought it was adorable. It's got to be kind of hard, you know. I mean, he, I know that he was a parent and he lost his daughter, which I feel like is still just a little bit of a mystery to me. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he was a parent. But, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, he's going through it alone. He doesn't have a spouse or anyone, and it's, it's cute to see how he relies on Joyce, you know, to kind of sh- almost— Share this co-parenting, or get tips from her and help from her, because um, she just seems to have it down. She seems like a, a a really good mom. You see how far she goes for her kids, and she seems to have this parenting thing down. Whereas Hopper's clearly kind of struggling with that. Not just that, but just having a teenage girl who's going through this period in her life where she's making out with her boyfriend all the time, and it would be kind of hard to deal with. And I totally sympathize for you know in, in that situation. Um, and then his one line really cracked me up. I know I'm going to probably talk about, it. I think I have it in my notes as well, but the line <laughs> when they're in the truck, he's got Mike at um, and he's going to take him home and he's trying to get him in there. And he's like, well, what's wrong with Nana? Why do I have to go home? And he gets him in <laughs> and he's like, nothing's wrong with Nana. It's like, that's, that's going to be a classic line. I feel for sure. But I loved all of that with Hopper. I'm, I'm really feeling for him here. Um, again, as always, um, I can't wait to see the rest of him um, throughout the season. What are your thoughts? I know you probably have lots of thoughts.
2: I thought it was great. I mean, he—I I love. I think this is the first time we heard him call uh, L his daughter, yeah. That I can remember.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: that definitely kind of—I mean, again, like he lost a daughter, but he's really taken like a parental leadership with L. The interaction with Joyce and him trying to go over what to say was great, and then his—you know—trying to talk with them and. You know, I was kind of in the boat where it, when Mike was being a little dick to him, I was like, Oh mm-hmm. man, like if that was my daughter, same thing. It's like, oh, well, bad news, bud. Nana's in the hospital, let's get in the truck. And you know, you'd have that whole like, you're gonna sit here and listen, and maybe, maybe when we're done, you can still date my daughter. Uh I you know, know, it's it's definitely kind of setting and I know some people would probably say that's um over parenting, maybe. Uh but they are what twelve, thirteen. So mm-hmm. it's you know it's like Joyce says. You kind of have to have boundaries and talk to them. You know what she say like a friend is the way she said she did it or however it was. Yeah. So I again, I'm a big Hopper fan. And I think he's an awesome character. So I'm really excited to see kind of how all this plays out because he's a little bit more invested now because he is kind of the dad now.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, it was I don't know how legal it was, but he was he did adopt her. Uh, last season, we saw all of that. So you know, it is his daughter, and he is responsible for her. They seem to have, you know, a pretty great relationship. Um, but I think that's pretty typical of the age. I mean, thirteen, fourteen is a pretty wild age for for kids. That's hormones racing like crazy. Um, that is the only explanation that I can give for Mike's behavior towards Hopper when he has them sat down in the bedroom and he's trying to kind of have that conversation, but Mike starts being really disrespectful and starts whispering in Elle's ear and she giggles. And that's kind of right there where it kind of set him off where he's like, you know what? Your mom called. <laughs> and I mean, I just saw that little switch flip. I was like, yep, he's gone now. He has had mm. it. He's, he was, he was trying to do this little heart to heart. Like Joyce suggested he was writing it out. But Mike went and had to be a little shit, in my opinion. And that's the only excuse that I can give him are these crazy hormones. Because how he can get by with calling Hop a lying piece of shit. Yeah. And- not only is he a cop, but he's Elle's dad.
2: Yeah. You well know, this is them back in the day too, where like you could backhand a kid, not even your own kid. And it was exactly. Okay.
1: You got yeah, you didn't get in trouble for backhanding your own kid or someone else's kid if they deserved it and and needed it or whatever. I'm probably gonna get some shit for that. And I'm just saying that's just the time that it was, people. Um Oh
2: no, I just listened w- listen to some people talk about bad news bears and it's just like that. It's like, yeah, in the eighties, like you could in the seventies, like that's just that's how it was.
1: It's it was kind of a communal It takes a village kind of yeah, effort yeah. everybody was kind of like if you're at my house and and I mean I don't know that any of my friends parents none of my friends' parents ever did anything like that but I can tell you what, if I was at like my uncle's house spending time with my cousins because I spent a lot of time with my cousins and grandparents and stuff um, cause my mom was a single mom so I kind of rotated with a lot of family <laughs> throughout the summer <laughs> just so I had a place to go and hang out and stay out of trouble um, my uncle was not above beating my ass if I got out of line and And I might have gotten out of line a few times. (laughs) I was not an angel by any means, and I totally deserved to have my ass whipped. There's going to be some people who disagree with me, and I don't care. It's just how it was back then. But, yeah, um, I think that he was pretty restrained, Hopper was, you know, in his, um, you know, with the way that Mike was talking to him. I thought that was totally disrespectful. It was completely out of line, and he had, like, zero, you know— respect for any authority at all like i said not only for him as being a cop but being l's dad i mean why he thought he could get away with saying something like that i don't know and i thought hopper had the perfect i mean it hopper has a bit of he is a bit of a hothead he has a little bit of a temper even joyce told him like don't lose your temper like even she tried to remind him of that um so he has a little bit of a temper but i thought mike was way out of line with oh, that i yeah. just think kids need to have you know it's fine to be truthful and it's fine to not like you know be honest and stuff but you don't have to be a little asshole and be disrespectful towards an adult that's just something i don't think that you should be able to get away with
2: yeah it doesn't seem too far out of the character mike because mike's always kind of been that little you know he could be a little bit of a jerk face but yeah it's always in my opinion it's like whenever you're dating a girl it's always like i want to get along with her parents because if i get along with their parents then you know obviously they'll let me stay the night because that's just That's probably why it worked. Yeah. They liked me. Not that that was my intention, but it was just, you know, it's easier to get along with, you know, your in laws or, you know, your significant other's parents because you're going to be spending a lot of time around them too. And there's no reason to be a jerk face for it because. You know, obviously, like, it's not a Romeo and Juliet story. Like, if, if her parents don't like you, it's going to make things a lot more difficult. And Yeah. That's kind of where it seems like Mike's taking it.
1: It's going to make things a lot more difficult to be over at her house making out all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I really see that this was probably, and of course, I'm still on episode one. I don't know anything, but I just have a feeling that because it didn't go as... Joyce had told him it should go down, this, you know, just having a heart-to-heart, just talking to the kids and having an open dialogue, like what should have happened, um, and it went this other route instead. I feel like things are not going to go well, either between Mike and Elle, there's going to be some relationship struggle, or there's going to be, you know, some struggle between uh, Hopper— um, and L, because of this, there will be some tension. I just feel like somewhere down the rest of the season, there's going to be some repercussions that have come out of this. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out moving forward. So that was my number two, was Hopper, um, just altogether, Hopper.
2: I like it. So my number two is the upside down in Soviet Russia doesn't <laughs> come to you or you come to it or something. Uh, we've got got the the Ruskies involved in this.
1: I
0: know. Um,
2: Apparently, so this was a year ago uh, to the day of when this episode starts. And I think that would have probably been a couple months before Elle actually shut down the uh, opening to the Upside Down. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're looking at the timing of it. Because when this, you know, that took place around Halloween. So so in July, June-ish of 84, would have been when a lot of this was taking place in Russia. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: not sure if that's how the timeline is going to work or not. But
1: I don't know, you know because the, Dr. Owens, sorry I interrupted, Dr. Owens mentioned in season two somewhere having a conversation that they were in race with the Russians.
2: So maybe they got inside the upside down first because I know the one dude failed to get it open uh, and they killed him and gave the other guy a year. It sounds like they were successful at the end of this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm really curious. You know, it's basically kind of like a Cold War era time.
0: Yeah, and, 80s and you know, man. I think if
2: yeah, if you ever have anything with the '80s, you really kind of have that Russia versus the U.S. kind of set up. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure if this is going to play into what the Mind Flayer is doing. You know, if them opening it up is giving the Mind Flare more ability or. You know, if it's just they're going to be introducing a whole new thing. You know, it's like Russia Superman kind of kind of thing. It's like the what if version of of Stranger Things. But
0: oh gosh,
2: um, I'm, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on the whole Russian aspect of it? I love the trope of it. I mean, very 80s kind of thing. Yeah. And so I'm really curious to see how it plays out.
1: Well, I know. I remember on first watch um, when it started, I was. Slightly confused because I thought, wait a minute. I, I did click Stranger Things, right? Um, I wasn't quite sure if that was the right show. Is this Hawk and, Hawkins Lab? You know, because where are we? It's kind of a setup that's similar to what Hawkins Lab was last season. And I thought, didn't they shut that down? And then I thought, oh, it's the Russians. Am I watching Chernobyl? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in the Chernobyl thing, guys. I can't help it. Um, You know, r and our BMK reactor portal cannot explode. He's delusional. Take him to the infirmary. Um, <laughs> that's all I can think. Um, but I think it's it's interesting because like you said, it's like we can't quite have the 80s without having, you know, the Russians involved. I feel like that's just kind of hand in hand. That was a big part of the 80s. Um, that I feel like that's all that I heard about growing up, you know, in, in the 80s was, you know, how – this cold war that we had with Russia. And then of course, Chernobyl, this was a year before Chernobyl, by the way, this was what June um, of 85 and Chernobyl was April of 1986. Um, So it's interesting that we hadn't had that happen yet, but I think that's going to be interesting. And then, you know, um, Destin made contact with them through Cerebro there at the end. So I'm wondering if they're going to further that contact um we saw L didn't they want her oh shoot my mind is leaving me what was the name of the the her like I'm using quotes here father Matthew Modine's character in from season oh, 1 um, and he didn't Dr Martin Brenner Yes thank you Dr Brenner um he had her remember when he dropped her in that tank of water um to kind of amplify her abilities and he, they wanted her to spy on I don't know that we got any names or for what purposes but it was Russian people that they wanted her to spy on and hear in on these conversations that they were having and communicate that back to them. So apparently this has been going on for a while. So we got that in season one. We had Dr. Owens mentioned something about being in a race um, with the Russians in season two, I do not remember the whole context of that conversation and who he was speaking with. Um, And now we're getting this we are okay, it's happening. Um, You know, the Russians are on our tail and they're looking to reopen this portal. And I'm thinking, why? Why would they?
2: Yeah. I I wonder if they even had it open.
1: Oh. You don't think that they got it? Looked like they got it cracked open, though, right? They're at least there at the end when they finally succeeded, right? Yeah.
2: So I'm like, I I imagine that the, the U.S. opened the one in Hawkins and L closed it, but the one in Russia, they haven't been able to open it yet.
1: Oh. So it's not like
2: L closed all of them. It's just the Russians haven't been able to crack it yet. Where the U.S., they were able to.
1: Right. Okay, yep, you're right. Oh, this timeline thing kind of throws me a little bit. See, I'm telling you people, this whole time travel thing really gets me. Some some do it right and others um, leave me confused. Um, Legion's doing it right. I'll tell you that. If you guys aren't watching Legion, hop on that wagon train. Um, they're doing time travel right but anyway, I like I like all of that. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I feel like I just don't have a lot of information just yet um just in the one episode. So, I'm interested to see how that's going to play out and and how much of a part that you know, the Russians are going to play um in in this next season.
2: Yeah, it's it's I again, I like the trope so I don't know where it's going to lead to, but so yeah, there's not a whole lot to say on it yet. It's definitely kind of laying the groundwork, but yep. Again, it's it's always exciting when you have some Cold War stuff in the 80s.
1: Heck yeah, we got to man. That's uh, so, it, it would be would be uh left out, uh, left for wanting, and it's especially hot right now, especially like with the whole Chernobyl thing. Anyway. Oh yeah. So.
2: So what do you have for your number one?
1: Number one, I want to talk a little bit about the end. It's kind of short and sweet because the ending itself was kind of short and sweet, but we didn't know for sure. If Karen was going to be meeting Billy, but we know Billy was on the way to the Motel 6 and he's even practicing in his car, which was adorable because you think that uh. he just like would just know the right things to say, but he's even practicing like what he would say and his, you know, laughter and reactions to Karen. And he gets his car gets hit with something makes him run off the road. And he, you know, crashes his car, which bummer, totally cool car. Um, And he's got some kind of goo on the windshield. And it's kind of weirding him out. And then something snatches him. From the outside there in this old, uh, gosh, was it a mill or something? Um, yeah, it looks, it like, looks it's, like an old mill. Yeah, um, that has been run down and no longer um, in business. And um, he gets taken down, like, into, I don't know if it was like a basement or something we didn't see, uh, but down some stairs. And I'm curious as to what happened to poor Billy. I'm wondering if this is going to, we talked about in our. Preview episode last week when we were talking about the trailers because we did watch the trailers and we talked about the trailers and, you know, we speculated that um, like Will in season two, how this mind flayer kind of took control of Will, possessed him, if you will, that something like that, it seems like something similar to that was going to happen to a character in season three we were led based on the trailers to believe you and i that that was going to be billy i know i also kind of talked about the mayor like how fun would it be if, if they totally oh, yeah, yeah. threw it like billy was a red herring and instead it was the new Mary, mayor carrie Ellis, um which would be super awesome but i'm probably totally off on that but it was fun to speculate it looks like it is going to be billy i don't think he's dead right? You don't think he's dead? I don't don't think he's dead. So I think that, you know, this is something terrible happening to poor Billy, similar to what happened to Will um, last season. So I don't know, kind of creepy, right? I think this has got a really great, creepy feel, even just from this one episode so far. This is, creepy and i was kind of scared uh for a you know a couple minutes uh, you know throughout of what was happening here and i'm really excited because nothing i love more than a good scary
2: oh yeah you I, know, show I love the flick. different tone um this it, my my number one's a little bit in this it's kind of the day of the rats is what i'm calling it yes so rats. I feel like this Mind flare is bringing in these rats. It's bringing in these lowly creatures that, you know, are detriments to society. You know, they're not the greatest things in the world. And he's starting with these rats. He's bringing these rats in, trying to possess them. He can't. They just keep popping like, you know, like <sighs> Max's zips. You know, they keep showing up and they just pop. And Lucas has to point it out and get smacked for it. So all these rats are, you know, they're coming, they're blowing up, and finally he finds the biggest rat of them all. Oh. Got his hair greased back. Look rolling at you. In his ride, listening to his rock, metal. I don't even know what he listens to. Was, I don't know.
1: Hairband Billy, remember?
2: It, it was hairband <laughs> Billy. man, coming in about to do some deceitful things with Mrs. Wheeler, and what happens? <laughs> Bam, Mind Flare's like, yeah, I want to ride in on that. Pulls him in. And it was kind of scary because, you know, when it happens, it was definitely that horror movie feel because Billy – jumps out of his car, and Billy, you you know, you could say a lot of bad things about Billy, but he's got, like, cojones, because, you Mm -hmm. know, if you wrecked your car and somebody feels like they're mocking you or the ones that made you do it, and maybe Billy just doesn't watch horror movies. Maybe that's all it is. But, like, you would realize, like, oh, okay, like, something bad's about to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, like, this is how horror movies start. Like, there's going to be zombies. They're going to be killer tomatoes, killer clowns. (laughs) There's something. (laughs) And you know, he gets swiped on his leg, pulled under, and that's all we see. Uh it ended quick, uh, but yeah, I feel like this is gonna be the lead to him kind of being the and I don't feel like it's uh gonna be a situation where he's unwanting of it. I feel like Billy's gonna be like, Oh my gosh, I can have all this power.
1: Think he'll welcome kinda it more, and embrace it. Yeah.
2: Like a very possessed kind of demon type of thing. So
1: Oh, interesting.
2: So it it all kind of tied into the zombified you know possession type thing like we got at the beginning when they go to the movie and ends mm-hmm. with Billy getting sucked in. So ah, uh, it's a great first episode in my opinion. Great table setter for this one, uh, for this season three. So my number one ties into yours a little bit. Just day of the rats.
1: I like that. I was curious about the rats. Like, why were all the rats just coming from everywhere and drawn in so much? And and then they were. And I'm sorry for anyone who might have been eating during that scene. That really? was disgusting. They did a really great yeah. job. That was gross. Um, and, you know, I love I love animals. I'm an animal lover. I don't love rats, but I do feel they should just be left alone and allowed to, uh, you know, scurry along the subway and have their slices of pizza um, <laughs> and just be left alone. I don't want to yeah, see them, like, just, just blown up
2: raise their four adopted turtles, just leave them be.
1: Yeah. They're just trying to live their life. Um, and then it also made me question cause we see the form of this thing. I'm guessing it is the mind flayer kind of, uh, t- try to take some type of form. And so it's like, okay, was he here the whole time? Or I'm saying he, it, whatever. Um, but you know, in, we saw in the season last season how it was hovering over the school uh, from Snowball when it flipped into the upside down. Um, was it there the whole time? Did, did it somehow come back from them opening it? The Russians when they opened it, what? How did that happen? I don't know if we'll find that out or not. But just some questions as to what's going on. Is it the mind flare? Is it something else? Um, and and how did it get there? was it there the whole time? And then what the hell's up with the rats? The rats might not be that important, but I was just curious like, well, why, why the rats, you know, why were they all drawn um, to him? I love that. I'm so excited. i it was the hardest damn thing not to keep watching. We say it every time oh, that yeah. we podcast uh. on Stranger Things. And we say it with almost all of our shows. But this was so hard to not just because, you know, how Netflix starts to go like it's running through yeah, the credits, uh-huh. like next episode in five, four, three. And I was like, oh, my God, just let it go. And I'm like, no, don't, don't resist, resist. And I
2: <laughs> What was tough about this, too. is So I watched it July 4th. And I was we were at the lake. It was busy. So I didn't get mm-hmm. to watch it till later. And we watched some fireworks and like where we're at, like they they do fireworks from like nine to 11, usually around the 4th of July. right? So Tiffany is putting the kid to bed. I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch Stranger Things. I flip it on. There's fireworks going on in the background as I'm watching this. So windows are open. I'm looking out the lake. I was like, oh, my gosh, this will be perfect. Like if they're like because it's supposed to be around the 4th of July when we like all the, the trailers and everything was showing. Yeah. So I was hoping that that's when this took place. Unfortunately, it didn't. So it didn't really help with the ambiance. But it would have been really cool. Like as like fireworks are going on inside this episode, you get to see them in the background.
1: Yeah, but, that would have um, been super fun.
2: It was a good episode, like you said, too. Uh, hard to not go to the next one. It's only an eight-episode season. I think last season was nine. Yeah, uh, So it's eight. a little bit shorter. Which but is,
1: I'm, I'm uh, good. I like it. Yeah. I'm glad.
2: I, I agree, because I think if they – it seems like in a lot of the, the series we've been covering, Netflix tries to do like the 10 or 12 episodes.
1: Yes. That
2: really, really stretches it. So I think eight solid episodes is the way to go, and I'm, I'm excited to, to check out the next episode and record that later this week.
1: I, I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I – Think this. They, I think they came out swinging with this first one. I have faith in the rest of the season, just based on this one. I hope. Hope I'm not let down. Hope all of us aren't let down because we all love it, right? I don't want any of us to be let down. Um, so I'm super excited. And the minute I'm done, Sean, sending you my audio, <laughs> I'm turning on season or episode two. I'm telling you, I'm not waiting any time. I have to see what happens. I because I watched it at two thirty a.m. on July the fourth, awesome. not on not on purpose by any means. Um, That was an accident, but I'm glad I went ahead and did it. So I've been, since then, dying to watch the second episode. Um, All right, so for some notes, um, I think that covered our top five pretty well. Are you okay with that? Yep, good with I'm good that. There. All right. A few notes. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how much the show really astounds me with its accuracy. And one thing that they really got right in this episode was the lifeguards. When I was a kid at the city pool, lifeguards were like gods. Just like kind of how you saw in this show. Um, that's what it was like for me in the eighties. I don't know if everyone that's had funny. that experience, but I'm going to tell you what. As a kid in the eighties at the pool, um, watching the lifeguards. You know, getting that 30-minute – like, they would shut down the pool for, like, 30 minutes, and lifeguards would get to swim um, themselves and kind of all joke around and stuff before they went back on duty or whatever. Um, that was, like, amazing. I would just stare. I was like a stalker watching those <laughs> lifeguards. And watching the male lifeguards come out of their locker rooms and when they would switch shifts and stuff like they did here in this, I mean, that is spot on I was um, this little nine year old way too in love with the lifeguards at my local city pool I'm gonna tell you that so they were spot on with that and and so that's believable so many of these things are so believable like the mall the lifeguards the music and, so, and the clothes and so many other details that they get right the only one thing that was like unbelievable so far is that lasagna and peas take the same amount of time to heat up in a microwave <laughs> <laughs> that is false <laughs> Um, I talked earlier about uh, the line there's nothing wrong with Nana I think we will live on forever um, a- along with ahoy ladies <laughs> <laughs> Steve Harrington <laughs> got some good lines that's for sure lots of dead references in this episode and it, that's what I mentioned earlier whenever I was talking about foreshadowing kind of scared me a little bit um, the kids when Steve sneaks them in he's like hey if anyone finds out and they all, they're all look at him and they're like we're dead Lucas's little sister telling Lucas uh, to mm. die. They watched Day of the Dead, is what uh, movie they snuck into there at the mall. Hopper saying how it would be easier to kill Mike. Um, so lots of dead references. And I'm just like, oh, too many and too soon. I don't like it. Um, we talked about the dynamics in the relationship. Hey, even Dustin, that was a note. Even Dustin scored a, girl- a girlfriend. Yeah. And I think she's Susie real. with the Z. We didn't talk about her, but I think she's real, right?
2: I think so too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Dustin's like a good, well, I guess he was good at keeping secrets. But
1: But. why would he have stayed there after everyone else left? You know, I mean, if if she wasn't real, then he could have just been like, okay, I can like, I can like,
2: yeah, no, good point. Yeah. Play this
1: off and I don't have to keep up the pretense. I think for all that trouble, I believe that she's real. Um, so, Hey, even Dustin way to go, bud. Um, I like the Phoebe Cates reference. Definitely, you know, a good eighties reference. Phoebe Cates, uh, reminded me of fast times at Ridgemont high Phoebe <laughs> Cates in a red bikini. Um, Hey, I'm a girl. And even I was like drooling over Phoebe Cates in a red <laughs> bikini in fast times at Ridgemont high. She's hot. Um, Nancy and all of those men in that morning briefing at the uh, Hawkins paper, I wouldn't be mad if all those guys somehow got eaten up by whatever monster yeah. that we're going to get this season. I'm um, just saying. Um, but I remember. I'm curious
2: if, I'm, that, that's why I wonder if that's just kind of more of a cliche moment or how much that, because and I don't know if it's just because I've had better people around me. I've never been exposed to that. So I've always had like really strong. Yeah, there's that too. I mean, I guess maybe it kind of started changing in the nineties, but. I've always had strong like like women around me that like you you didn't talk to them like that because one, mm-hmm. the men wouldn't allow it and two, the women wouldn't take it like that. Right. So I don't know if that's if that's a Midwestern thing or if that's just I'm lucky to be around people that were like that or um, like you said, maybe it was more because the 90s that had really shifted but, but yeah, I always worry sometimes because I'm not exposed to that, maybe that's my naiveness too a little bit but I worry how much of that's going to kind of fall into the clicheness of it, you know, mm-hmm. like... You see the show like Mad Men, like the fifties and sixties, that was always very much kinda like, yeah, that was definitely the times. I'm not sure, were the eighties still a lot like that or was it?
1: Yeah, I think so I mean, I was a kid in the eighties. I was not an adult in the working force, but I feel like there were more women, you know, after like the this female and feminism revolution from the 60s and the 70s and coming to the 80s women more women were like going to college and feel you know didn't feel like they had to just have children and, and get married and, and settle into a cul-de-sac. They could go to college and they could get these high-powered jobs just like men. So there were women in some in some power positions, not very many, but they had to fight like hell to get there. And they had to put up with a lot of bullshit while they were there. I mean, they still do, but it was really bad in the 80s that you know men, like you see in this episode, given Nancy just all kinds of shit because she's mm-hmm. a girl and that this is a boys club and she has no business being there at all. And they're very happy to let her know that. And so I think that's I think they're pretty spot on with that as, you know, that whole attitude and women trying to make something of themselves in that day and age and the things. It's not that they couldn't get there. They had to fight like hell to get there. But once they got there, they had to put up with a lot of bullshit. You know, there wasn't Mm. like the um, sexual harassment like, yeah, that's true. You know, I'm not saying there wasn't sexual harassment. I just meant like the whole zero-tolerance yeah, yeah, policies yeah, yeah. and things like that where you could get in trouble for saying the things that you did. They had to put up with a lot of bullshit and things that were said to them in the workplace and... Um, uh, and a lot of things that people went through to get us to where we are today. And we're still not in the best place, that's for sure, but we have definitely progressed um, where we were in the 80s. So, poor Nancy. Um, so, I wouldn't be mad if all of those fellas got eaten up by whatever monster that we're going to get this season. And I also remember when she walked into that room and there's all these guys around the table and they're talking about, you know, stories for the upcoming edition. And I'm like, damn, that's a pretty robust newsroom for such a small town. Good point. Paper. Yeah, that's a really good point. There's like one person on our small town newspaper stand. Because
2: Hawkins, I imagine, everything. is like, what, maybe 10,000 people at the most?
1: Well, I thought I read that maybe twenty or 30,000 is the population of Hawkins, and I know it's they consider that a small town, and I just laugh because I'm like, <laughs> You don't even want to know the population of my small town, and I am not going to go there. But um, it's definitely pretty robust and a lot more than what I would have expected uh, for a small town of Hawkins. Um, uh, Again, one reference that I thought was funny, it's been a long time since I heard the term lardass.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, that was great, too. Like, that's – (laughs) like. (laughs) <laughs> like could you imagine so, like a lifeguard saying that today to a kid?
1: So I'm like, saying it was a different time.
2: There would have been like a 20 different live streams on it, like 20 different twitters, there'd be a hashtag against this lifeguard, like there'd be a ton of stuff.
1: Oh my and gosh. all that lifeguard
2: is trying to do is save that kid's wife. And have sex with Mrs. Wheeler. Right. All right. That's the only two things he's trying in this moment.
1: Well, I totally got uh, a Stand By Me reference. Good old 1950s pie eating contest starring Lardass himself. Um, you know, and I just thought that's probably one of the last times I've heard that term. But yeah, it's certainly different times. Um, we talked about the rats. Um, and one last little thought. I'm curious if they blew their entire music budget on this episode. I mean they you know, they have to pay to use the music that they that they play, right? And yeah, you look at all cheap. the amazing songs that they had just during this episode alone i thought are we gonna have any music at all the rest of the season is it all gonna be in this episode because damn they totally had to either that or they got a bigger budget i don't know maybe people are just like yeah you can have my music and we'll give it to you cheap i don't know but damn i'm i'm hoping that we still get some really great music because um, there were some really great ones this episode and i hope they didn't blow it all just on this one because we got seven more to go So anyway, that's all my notes. I had a lot of notes, just a lot of thoughts because I was so excited for um, this episode. Do you have any notes you would like to add?
2: I think you hit all my notes. Uh, The main one I had was just the the viewing I had with the fireworks. So I think you kind of hit everything. And again, I'm I'm, tonight after we get done. I'm definitely watching episode two.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm so on it. I don't have anything the rest of the evening um, except to watch Fear, and I can do that at any time. Oh, and Big Little Lies, gotta watch that. But I'm. First thing, watching episode two. I cannot wait a moment longer. So I'm super excited. I think that was a great review and coverage of this first episode. Definitely ready to hit the second one.
2: All right. Well, there's no news today, but before we jump into letters from the Upside Down, we have another word from this week's sponsor.
1: Yep. So catch up with some of your favorite Stranger Things characters before season three um, by diving into the official Stranger Things books. We are just at uh, the first Um, beginning here of episode or I keep switching up my episodes and seasons. I'm so sorry, guys. It's a weekend. Forgive me. Um, So we just started. If you're hanging with us and doing a week by week, this is still a really great time to jump into these books because you can learn more about Chief Hopper's old life as an NYPD detective in Stranger Things, Darkness on the Edge of Town by Adam Christopher. You can discover the never before told backstory of Dig Dug Maven Max Mayfield in Stranger Things, Runaway Max by Brenna Jovanoff. Um, Stranger Things, Darkness on the Edge of Town, and Runway Max are on sale now wherever books and audiobooks are sold. I would love so much if you guys have read these. Let us know what you think. I love getting a good review from people that I know um, before I just go read a book. So I would love to hear what you guys think about this one. Or yeah, those we've got two. some
2: messages from a few strange indeeders that have already picked them up. So I'm really curious how they are.
1: Yeah. And- I know
2: uh- – Kirkman did something like that with The Walking Dead. He had a couple you know, novelizations of certain characters, and I really enjoyed those. They're quick, easy reads, and they're just kind of really give you a little bit more substance to the universe.
1: Yeah, I love it when they can flesh out the characters a little bit more. It kind of gives a little bit – I mean, I think we get some really great stuff in the show. They have a really great way of fleshing out the characters, but I feel like there's always great ways, especially these intriguing characters um, like Hopper, who has so much, I think, that backstory that would give – him a lot more life if you knew and then like with max um, before she came to hawkins so i bet those are really great reads all right so that leads us into one of my favorite parts of our podcast and that's letters from the upside down our listener feedback portion
2: all right so our first one comes from anthony auckland and it says my family and i love season three can't wait for your pod to drop on the eighth
1: Thanks, Anthony. We can't wait for it, too. Um, Pick Allen says, God, I'm so excited it's back. I loved how they centered a lot of this episode around catching up on all of our favorite characters. Can't say much else as I've already binged half the season (laughs) and I'm worried I might slip up on something in feedback. But it's incredible.
2: Alex Baelish, so we are back and hit the ground running. They are so big with the problems to match. Elle and Mike are driving Hopper so crazy, which is so much fun to see. Dustin coming home to the whole radio scene was just awesome. The soundtrack is perfect for a child of the eighties, but when Billy came out strutting his stuff, that's priceless. Do you want to be branded for life back? Oh my God. The day that was the biggest thing in the world. Also, just in case I forgot, Holy shit, the upside down creatures in Russia or Dustin has a girlfriend, bigger news.
1: (laughs) Josh Sivjanovic says, code red, code red, man alive. The season is so good. My wife and I are trying to pace ourselves, but just finished Chapter 5, The Flayed, and it's hard to set it aside and watch anything else. The cast works so well together, and the writing, directing, music, production, everything is firing on all cylinders. I don't want to post any spoilers, but everything about this new evolution in terror plaguing Hawkins has me on the edge of my seat and my blood pressure dangerously high. Can't wait to hear the podcasts
2: josh mole stayed up to catch the first episode and loved it the one complaint i heard a lot about season two was that it was slow i didn't agree but my first impression is that they can't claim that about this season if the pace and developments keep coming as quick as they did in the first
1: episode sally lynch mock says i honestly don't think i could watch one episode at a time can't wait to hear your thoughts
2: oh it's a challenge sally for sure
1: i promise it is (laughs)
2: Descom says, love the first episode, but what the heck was the giant wall of giant in the first five minutes? <laughs> there is one thing that they are really getting right with this series. They made a huge visual and atmospheric change with 84 to 85, and anyone old enough to remember can tell you there was a huge change. The first few years of the 80s felt the same way as the 70s, but around 85, things got brighter and shinier. Mm-hmm. The mall is basically going to be a character in the show. Kids today, God, I'm old, Mm -hmm. have no idea how important the malls were in the early 80s. My friends and I literally went from spending our summers in a giant hole in the ground to wandering the halls of the mall all day. Off subject, who would have thought that we would have been feeling sorry for fucking Ted? (laughs) Kara's kind of a skank. (laughs) Well, maybe a skank. We don't know yet. We
1: don't know yet. Hold judgment, does Now we don't know that she actually left the house. We see her, yes, getting ready and look like she was definitely heading out the door. Um, Don't judge her too harshly. Um, You're right, Des. uh, You and I grew up around in the same era. So there was a bit of a shift. The the very early 80s, like we saw in the first two seasons, were very different. And yeah, 1985 did get brighter and shinier. I think that was definitely kind of... uh, portrayed nicely with the mall, you know, with all the neon and how mm-hmm. bright it yeah. was, um, which was something that we didn't talk about too much. He, he did mention how important the malls were in the early 80s. That was something that um, I thought I probably should have mentioned a little bit more was like what Nancy mentioned was kind of like the death of small town America and how much the malls changed, you know, small town America and, and, and the shifts and things that oh. had to happen.
2: And you think of the cycle now, like Amazon and stuff killing the malls.
1: Yeah, so it's not just it, – there's a whole other shift. So I think I think that small town businesses learned, at least in some areas, maybe not all were successful, have had to learn how to shift a little bit um, to – Kind of, okay, the mall's taking away our business. Let's shift our focus a little bit. And now the malls, yeah, like you said, so many stores are closing down now because of not just Amazon, but online shopping in general. Like so many places are so great about online shopping and free shipping. Um, and I know I'm a big fan of online shopping, not that I don't love a good brick and mortar store, I do also love shopping in my pajamas. So anyway, we didn't talk about that too much, and we probably should have. Thanks, Des. Uh, great insight, as always. Um, we have from Diana Driscoll. I love Hopper so much. Fran
2: Bernstein, I watched the first four and loved it. I like Peck and worried I may overlap, but come on, Steve. So damn cute. Yeah, he's my favorite. The biggest growth spurt is Mike. He is totally different kid. But I love them all. Can't wait for your
1: thoughts. Well, I'm really um, excited. Most folks who've watched ahead a bit are telling us that, you know, even without spoilers, that it seems like it's going in a good direction. So I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Maureen Favo says, Great depiction of summer 1985. Some Huey friends going in different directions, embarrassing grown-ups to make fun of. Disappearance of Main Street, USA. Duffer Brothers made 80s come to life.
2: Jennifer Camilleri. Uh, great episode. Our kids... Are no longer kids. Getting real Miss Robinson vibes from Karen, but looks like Billy's gonna be mind flayed or whatever, so Ted might have dodged a bullet. Mike was being so rude to Hopper. Uh, gave me the fills when Hop called Eleven his daughter.
1: Same. Lindsay Schlick says, oh, man, the nostalgia of the show gets me in the feels. I was alive during 85, but pretty young. So some things don't hit home, but some take me right back to being a kid. Eleven's pink boombox was the envy of my childhood as my (laughs) BFF had one and I did not. I love seeing little touches like that. A few parts of this episode were kind of sad. I remember being Dustin. I moved out of state for two years at that age, and coming home was almost harder than leaving in the first place. I hope the kids are able to reconnect. I don't want to be bummed the entire season. Also, did not enjoy watching poor exploding rats. Can't wait to see how Russia will tie into this mystery. And it was really nice seeing Fat um, Hobbits' Sean Sean Aston for a moment. <laughs> Love him so much. So glad to be a part of Feedback this year. Hey, happy to have you back, Lindsay.
2: Doug fix. so after I changed skeevies due to my incontentious from anticipation, I noticed that they omitted L's walkabout to the big city in season two in the recap. I guess it really did not do anything for the plot moving forward last season. So what was the creature the Russians were messing with at the beginning? A Demogorgon vagina? <laughs> uh, it's their second vagina reference. Yep. Uh, and they weren't from me. Uh, I don't see many making an action figure for that. Well, I mean, if you go to adamandeve.com and use our promo code, Tim McGorgon Vagina. Um, I love the throwback to Close Encounters with the Clapping Monkeys and Toys coming live. And fuck yeah, Corey Hart. Never surrender. How did that follow-up album work out, Corey? Ah, oh, sorry, too soon. Puberty has hit the gang. So far, so good. No one looking terribly awkward. I love the pool scene with the drooling moms. It was like the Sandlot meets Fast Times. Hmm. I was not sure about the lard-ass body-shaming comment, especially in this area, but I guess this is technically from the 80s. Steve the D in the Scoops Ahoy uniform? I swear I dreamt of a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man that night. (laughs) I dig Steve. He's a good dude. Looking forward to his further development this season and the talk Hopper has with Mike. Every father has done that in some way or another. It was lovely that he referred to Elle as his daughter. It was great that... it it was great that they did not get too deep in the coming storyline and just sandwiched it with catching up with our favorite Indianians. I love them one and all looking forward to this journey with y'all in the meantime, I'm going to see how Corey Hart is doing. I hope he's okay. Hmm.
1: I think it's supposed to be Hoosiers. That's (laughs) what they call folks from Indiana Hoosiers. That's awesome. Thanks Doug. Um, Some feedback from Josh Diwali. This was sent to our messages um, on Facebook. He says, Hey, guys. Uh, how's it going first of all thanks for the recap episode and the tip on the video recap by the kids it made getting ready for season or episode one way easier episode one was so well paced i thought it had its slower points to help develop characters but those intense moments were perfectly timed i'm looking at you exploding rats rima may be on to the whole billy thing but clearly will is still affected by the upside down the season is off to a good start can't wait to hear your take on it now to watch episode two and get back to you guys P.S. The show also reiterated what X-Files taught me. Never trust cigarette smoking men. Hey, another f- fellow X-File. Nice.
2: All right. So we got a couple emails. So, hey, Rima and Sean. Welcome back to the Upside Down. I really enjoyed this first episode of season three. There were a couple of interesting set-ups with the Russians and the exploding rats. But I love the change in dynamics amongst the group as girlfriends are starting to get introduced. Ellen Mike completely beyond the control of Hopper was very funny. Lucas continuing to put his foot in his mouth around Max as she teases him for his terrible views was also really enjoyable. Even though Dustin has given up his new Steve inspired hairstyle, he's found himself a girlfriend. Maybe. Oh, and poor Steve with his $3 an hour summer job, unable to recapture his former glory while his rival Billy has his pick of the ladies in Hawkins. But the one that probably stood out most is the perpetual perpetually in danger. Will Byers sharing with his mom that he's never going to be in love is that because he doesn't believe he has a future or because he's been through so much that he just wants to enjoy what's left of his childhood? That's an interesting point. I bet it's kind of more of that.
0: Mm, yeah.
2: As he says to Dustin, let's go do something fun like play D&D tomorrow instead of trying to call Dustin's girlfriend all day. I'm excited to see what terror we have coming up this season, but I really enjoyed the music and setting for this episode. Those 80s historians did a magnificent job on the hair, makeup, and clothing. It definitely gave me flashbacks. Irish Derek in Switzerland.
1: Oh, that's awesome, Derek. Always great feedback. Thanks so much for writing in. You know, there was a lot of talk about Mrs. Wheeler's makeup holding up in the pool, and I don't have it in front of me, but I did see a little snippet of an article from the makeup artist that did that and less people were like, how the hell did that makeup stay on uh, being in the water? Because, hey, we know no matter how much you use, that makeup's coming off um, when you uh, get your face wet in the pool. And I don't have it in front of me, but I know that they talked about how they were constantly, how much they had to spackle on, um, how much they had to spray stuff to put it on there, and also how they kept reapplying throughout um, the takes. So throughout their little breaks Uh, while they were filming – they were constantly applying. So that's just something that we don't typically do when we're at the pool. If you do wear makeup at the pool, it's off and we're not reapplying. So people are like, how did that stay on? Well, that is the magic um, of TV, folks, when you have someone touching up your makeup every 10 minutes. Um, next email that we have says, Hi, Reem and Sean. I love the first episode of the new season. Seeing the Kids all have a love interest is fun. They are at that age now. But I was sad that Will did not have anyone. Loved the music in this episode. I was thirteen in nineteen eighty five, so I remember all those songs when they came out when they came out. I'm a huge Huey Lewis fan and was happy to have working for a living in this episode. (laughs) The sneaking into the movies was something I did as a kid at a multiplex and love that we have that here now. Will's spidey sense with the goosebumps on the back of his neck due to the big bad is great. Hopper infatuated with Joyce now is what I was looking for last season, and now we finally got it. What was with the makeup at the swimming pool? Was that the year they had waterproof makeup? <laughs> Rima would know about this. I do know about this. There were there was no primer, but I'm going to tell you what you know. You know, what I did as a kid. I sprayed hairspray on my face. <laughs> <laughs> There was not all these awesome primers and makeup setting sprays. Maybe there was, but there was no access to them. uh, If you were a non-professional anyway, I don't know what the professionals did, but when I wanted my makeup to stay, I was spraying my hair with hairspray. Um, it was gross. You had to have the right kind for sure. Um, I love that. Thank you. Um, I love the podcast and can't wait to see what's to come in the next episode of Stranger Things and Strange Indeed. Get strange, Mark Kirkman. Oh, of course. Yeah, Mark knows me. That's why he makes <laughs> <coming. laughs> Thanks, Mark.
2: So our next one uh, says, hey, guys, Stranger Things is back, and oh, boy, was it worth the wait. Just the opening alone felt like a big-budget summer blockbuster. So we still get all the funny. Steve trying to get his game back despite that absurd hat. Hopper being a protective dad is everything I knew and wanted. Mike really was being a little shit. And damn, Miss Wheeler, do you really want to do that? I mean, I know we all hate fucking Ted, but hairband Billy? (laughs) Don't do it, Karen. On the most serious side, Nancy dealing with trying to be taken seriously at the newspaper job. Uh, Ugh, Jake Jake Busey. Busey?
1: Yeah, it's Gary Gary Busey's son. Do you see a little Gary Busey?
2: Oh, okay, that's why he looked familiar. Yeah, do you see
1: the the resemblance?
2: (laughs) I see it now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, In small town America ruined by the big mall and poor Joyce, at least one side of the Hopper-Joyce possible romance is ready to go. He seems smitten, but she's not ready. I don't know how the Russians found out about the upside down, but did they not also get the info on how opening the gate is the worst idea ever? So much happened in just one episode. Buckle up. This is going to be fun. Jenny.
1: Oh, I know. Well, you know what? I feel like Russians are not great about spreading information or taking in uh, anyone else's information. Watch Chernobyl. You'll you'll see why I say that. Um, next email that we have. Hello, Strange Indeed podcast. First of all, I would like to say that I'm an avid listener to your podcast and a first time writer. Well, thank you so much for yeah, writing thanks. in. So apologies in advance for any typos. Hey, we don't judge here. As a fan of the show, I'm excited for this season, but I have to admit, the two things I'm really hoping to see this season is Will no longer being the damsel in distress. And what kind of relationship he will have with Eleven. And I don't mean it in a romantic way. Because if you think about it, the story has kind of revolved around Will and Eleven. They both have a connection to the upside-down world, and she's saved him twice. So I'm really curious to see what kind of scenes they'll have together. Heck, I wouldn't even mind if Will maybe picked up some powers from the upside-down world. Other than the connection to the mind Flare. I mean, he was there for a pretty long time, and he was possessed. Heck, maybe let him be able to control the demodogs, because let's be honest, that kid has suffered enough, LOL. Chaos 13212. Great email. Thank you so much for writing in. That would be interesting. We haven't really seen a whole lot with, you know, Eleven and Will, you know, they do seem to have this kind of strange connection with the Upside Down, and we just don't get a lot of that with them. So that would be nice to kind of explore that, wouldn't it? I like yeah, that. Yeah,
2: it'd be interesting to see those tied together because they like they do have a lot in common. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, people form relationships over common, you know, right. tragedies or common yeah you going know, through a trauma or something
1: together. Yeah, they they kind of build a bond and stuff. We haven't quite seen that bond with them, so that'd be nice.
2: And our last email says, "I'm already mad at Mike and Eleven. They're literally the most annoying <laughs> version of teenagers in their first relationship." I actually like Max and Lucas and their whole dynamic. Will feels like he's barely going to be involved this season again. Bad thing about him being the dude in distress the last two seasons is he's gotten basically zero character development and now he's devolved into goosebumps when something supernatural happens an upside down barometer, if you will. Uh, I hope Hopper and Joyce didn't get together because I always feel like the tension is better than the payoff. I feel like the Jerry Elaine thing trumps any Ross Rachel thing. I also hope Nancy and Jonathan's story have them doing something substantial and the relationship be tangible to that. Uh, there's enough lovey-dovey shit already. <laughs> uh, I loved Billy in this episode. He was, ma- he was making
1: –
0: He was macking
2: on Nancy's mom's like a boss. <laughs> Fucking Ted didn't even realize that Nancy's mom had it going on. <laughs> uh, Billy is now my favorite uh, Decre Montgomery character. Mm-hmm. Uh, supplement the Red Ranger I don't get that reference um,
1: Dacre Montgomery played uh, the White Ranger in the new Power Rangers movie oh uh, okay yeah. Uh,
2: and I hope that movie gets a sequel because I enjoyed it anyway curious as to what happened to him after the car wreck, and did Karen change her mind when she saw Ted or was she waiting in the Motel 6 splayed by Out for the Lifeguard I do wonder uh, I'm going to try this season one episode time with you guys cheers Jake
1: Oh, thanks, Jake. Um, gosh, I don't know. I think, I think, I think Karen stayed home. I know we talked about so that too, already. Yeah. I think that she was like, you know, despite her feelings towards Ted and whatever they have going on in their relationship, it wasn't worth it. Um, but it, it just it kind of is just a little bit, just a little bit, <laughs> just a tiny, tiny bit. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm teasing. Um, with that, we also have a voicemail from our good friend Steve Brown.
3: Hello, Rima and Sean, and uh, this is Steve with a few thoughts on uh, Stranger Things season three, episode one. I uh, just watched it once. I'm going to watch it again here in a second, but I wanted to send these thoughts off before I uh, I didn't get a chance to. Uh, it were, it was hard to not uh, continue to watch. I'll be honest, I really wanted to. Uh, and what what is your schedule going to be for this? Is it going to be Wednesdays, Tuesdays? What's the deadline for? You probably have already told us in the podcast, but if you haven't. Uh, Love to know. Uh, (laughs) Loved Hairband Billy is back to being Hairband Billy, especially with the uh, friggin' Foreigner playing. It was just great. I love the soundtrack of this so far, uh, episode one. And uh, how sweet, okay, I, I just have to admit, I know we ragged on Ted all last season, but how sweet was it to see him in the recliner with the daughter sleep on his chest. He's asleep. I mean, as soon as you heard the snoring, you knew it was going to be Ted. And if it had just been Ted by himself in the recliner, we would be like fucking Ted again. But <laughs> it wasn't. It was Ted with his daughter on his chest and Mrs. Wheeler leaving the house to go meet Herb and Billy. And I guess uh, that may or may not happen depending on Billy's fate in the next episode. I don't know. I haven't watched on yet. And uh, I half expected Susie to answer after everybody left. Like that was what I was was thinking. I wasn't thinking he was going to hear, but Dustin was going to hear the uh, Russians talking about uh, stuff. Uh, Anyway, I love that uh, our show, Stranger Things, is back. I love y'all's podcast. I can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Uh, Talk to you later.
1: That's awesome. Thank you, Steve, Steve, as always. Always great voicemails and feedback. Um, So our schedule, I I think we mentioned it in our preview episode. So Stranger Things premiered on Thursday, July 4th. Without being the holiday, um, that kind of skewed our schedule just a little bit. So this episode um, will be released ASAP, but we should be sticking to our normal Tuesday schedules. That's what we kind of had figured out, right? So we should be back to, by the time this one's released, We're going to be working on the second one, and then we should be back week to week on Tuesdays. Um, But we'll always be releasing on Fridays from here on. Um, Now, days that we record, listen, guys. Life happens sometimes and we have to shift on Tuesdays. So I'll do my best that when I leave our feedback posts, I'll try to let you know when your um, deadline for leaving feedback is. I don't – I'm not always the best at that. I do apologize. But if you ask me, I'll respond and let you know. But sometimes I forget that in our feedback post. But if you want to know, feel free to message us, email us you know, um, reach out on our Facebook page, however, and I'll definitely let you know what, what the, what our deadline is and what we've scheduled for that week. Cause sometimes life happens, you know, we have kiddos, we have lives and sometimes things kind of happen, but, um, thank you so much. I love hearing so many folks, um, sticking out the week to week, uh, with yeah, us. That's awesome. I mean, listen, that's- it's tough.
2: Oh yeah, especially when it's bingeable. There's spoilers out there. There's a big Walking Dead spoiler that's been out there for everybody. Um, yes, but it's you know it's it's a labor of love to do it that way, and we enjoy when people do that. Yeah, like just tidying up to what you said about we we always record typically on Tuesdays sometimes Thursdays depending but if you get us your feedback uh, by Tuesday by 7 Central it should get in mm-hmm. but even if not go ahead and send it if you yeah. don't get it in the episode for that week we'll definitely put it in for the next week so even if you miss the deadline feel free to send us that that uh, exactly feedback.
1: if you if you yourself miss an episode or you're behind or something you can send in any feedback for any episode as long as it's not ahead please try not to send I know it's tough people are binging um, but try not to send an episode further ahead of what we're covering because I, I really don't want to be spoiled um, that is why there is no news I don't know if you guys miss it or not or even care I like to throw in some news sometimes but with there are spoilers literally everywhere the internet is dark and full of spoilers I'm just going to say that um, so I'm trying to steer away from that because I want to be surprised and I don't dig spoilers at all so as long as you send us some feedback in um, I, we will definitely include it no matter which episode we're covering we had some great participation from our listeners. And I want to thank you guys so much. I love seeing you guys just as excited as we are. It just, it fills my heart um, and brings me joy. So thank you guys so much for taking the time to write in. I hope that you guys write out the rest of the season with us. Um, Thank you guys so much for all that wonderful feedback.
2: Yeah. Thanks everybody. All right. So this week, this Friday, we'll be covering the second episode from season three titled chapter two, the Mall Rats. Uh, I I'm gonna guess this was written by Kevin Smith. Uh, the description for this episode is: Nancy and Jonathan follow a lead. Steve and Robbins sign on to a secret mission. And Max and Eleven go shopping. Uh, a rattled Billy has troubling visions. Oh
1: well, there you go. Very ominous spoiler right there. We know Billy. I guess makes it there at the end. So we well, it's are- probably
2: he shows up and you know who's in the pool. It's fucking Ted and and uh, Mrs. Wheeler. He's like
1: Maya oh the vision's terrible I I, I wouldn't want to see that at all I don't want to see Ted in the throes of passion at all (laughs) that is not something I need to see we are really excited for you to travel to Hawkins, Indiana with us and until then you can follow us on Twitter at Strange T Cast
2: you can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stranger T Cast
1: you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com and you can also find us on the TV Time app
2: you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts.
1: Yeah, lots of great podcasts happening right now. House Podcastica is still covering um, Handmaid's Tale in the middle of that great season, uh, season three right now. That is fantastic. Jason and I are covering uh, Legion on Legion Cast. I hope you guys are watching that. Gosh. Dang it, it's such a great show. Um, And then, of course, Jason um, is covering uh, mostly with Lucy, but other guests as well. Still covering Fear the Walking Dead. Lots of great podcasts. I don't know how you guys are keeping up, because I'm not. Um, (laughs) Way too much good TV and great podcasts out there. And, of course... Speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. What do you guys got going on this week?
2: Oh, we've got so much stuff going on. But the big news is that it is time for the Podcast Awards. So if you get a chance, go to podcastawards.com. Uh, and vote for Strange Indeed for TV and film, and Language of Bromance for comedy. We would love to make the slate, which is kind of like their finals, where they have a kind of a committee go through and say what's the best podcast. We'd love to make the slate this year. So, if you got about five ten minutes, go in, sign up vote for us send it in and we would really really appreciate your vote
1: yeah I'm gonna be hounding the hell out of you guys and I've already posted the link before and I've had some really great responses of of you great folks that have already voted for us thank you so much for doing that Um, we truly appreciate it it like I said really warms my heart um, when you guys do that so thank you so much to everyone that's already voted I'm gonna keep pimping that out though so uh, sorry in advance if uh, you get tired of looking at that but I'm gonna do it anyway
2: All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 93, Chapter 1. Susie, do you copy?
1: Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Diana Driscoll is strange indeed.